Hey, what's going on, everyone? Kyle here. The You Know I Got So In Stereo podcast is back. I forgot to mention we are now on episode 41. It's been that long since episode one. I've got Tom with me. Ed, I think, is somewhere covering the Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma beef, so he won't be with us today. <laughs> uh, I'll be here, though. I, I missed the last one, so uh, I heard it from the feedback. I think it got a little crazy when you ranked the Mariah albums. Yep, and uh, I was hoping that Ed would be here today because he actually put together a ranking of the Usher albums as well, but we'll wait until next time for that. Uh, that's asking for more trouble. That's, <laughs> that's definitely asking more for, for more trouble, but that's, that's for next time. We have a lot to actually talk about this week as well, Tom. Um, I want to start off by talking about this Charlie Wilson album that just came out last Friday. It kind of just snuck up on us. It did, but you know he he released it in an interesting way, which... He gave a copy to everyone who pre-ordered a ticket to his show, and it ended up selling, I think, almost 50,000 copies, which is really good. So I almost wonder if, you know, there wasn't a lot of promotion of it. He's just been touring. So I almost wonder if the plan was just kind of have the new album out there to accompany the tour and just, uh, you know, have it released that way, which is we haven't really seen. I mean, I didn't even get a press release from the label, so it was kind of interesting. But uh, Ed reviewed it for our site. Another solid album in his collection. Pretty much what we expected. So if you haven't heard that, you know, be sure to go and check it out. The album title is In It to Win It. A couple of interesting collaborations on there. We've got your boy Pitbull. We've got Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> and we've got Robin Thicke, who's kind of been like... Well, I mean, I think I know he's going through his, his divorce situation right now. But we're kind of missing from him. But Tom, how does, how does Charlie Wilson do it? How does he continue to keep selling these records? I'm 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 more impressed with how does he keep touring this relentlessly. I mean, he puts on like two-hour shows. You got a lot of R&B artists who just stand there holding the mic for dear life, and this guy is dancing around doing the choo-choo train around the stage with like ten yep. backup dancers. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised he's even able to tour every single night. I mean, not to mention his age; he's in his mid-sixties, but you know, he's he must be in amazing shape to do it. So. He just keeps it consistent, one of our living legends, and we got to give props to him. Hold on, did you say he was in his mid-50s? 60s. Oh, yeah, he's 64 years old. I did once um, uh, I did once get uh, <laughs> uh, in the Essence Festival press conference once. I did mention his age. I kind of referenced the fact that how does he keep doing it at his age, and he kind of got a little snippy at me. Not upset, but just just... You know, I don't think he likes to mention his age, just so you know. Yeah. He doesn't want to be that that to be a the formal factor. He just wants to be an artist and keep going. So, and we're sure he will keep going. He doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Yep, at at the prime age of sixty four, uh, another artist, Lionel Richie, uh, he's supposed to be going on tour with Mariah, I believe, next month. That's actually getting pushed back. R Lionel Richie's is in his sixties as well. He's going in for knee surgery, so. That tour is going to have to be pushed back. Man, you got to give it up to, to these artists if they're still touring in their 60s, going through knee surgeries and stuff like that. That's tough. Well, at least it's not a hip replacement. That's even worse. I mean, you, you, you wouldn't be able to move without a walker, I don't think. So we wish uh, we yeah. wish him a speedy recovery, though. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was actually looking forward to that one, but hey, we'll have to wait a little longer. Lionel Richie puts on a great show as well. But uh, another album that came out, Tom, um, I I know you want to talk about this one because you know you interviewed Glenn Lewis. You also interviewed uh, Jazzy Jeff. 
about this random project that just came out of nowhere. Um, what's this project about? Well, the name of the project is called Chasing Goosebumps, and DJ Jazzy Jeff, the legendary uh, producer DJ, um, he put together a, a retreat for all of his favorite producers, songwriters, singers, and and uh, musicians. They all got together in his studio for a week, and their goal was to create an album. And Glenn Lewis happened to be there as one of the singers, and they had him sing all the songs on the album. So it was actually really interesting. It kind of came out of nowhere. They put it together in one week, and then... I think they took a week to mix and master it and finalize it. And then it's out. It's out now. And uh, I checked it out. It's actually really solid. Their goal was to bring, uh, you know, feeling back to music, just create music without limitations and having full creative control. And that's pretty much what they did. It's very diverse. And it's it's a really special project, in my opinion. You're not going to hear much like this these days. So definitely go and support that. The interview with Jazzy Jeff is out now on the site. He dropped some real knowledge about the music industry. And, uh, yeah, check that out. Not going to lie, though, ever since our last conversation about Glenn Lewis on the podcast, where I guess he was on a news uh, segment and oh, they just man. referred to him as a local <laughs> Philadelphia resident. I thought yeah. after that, that may have been a wrap, but it looks like Glenn Lewis still has some life left in him. That's pretty messed up. How does a news anchor or a news station <laughs> not know who Glenn Lewis is? Well, in his own, like... Well, second home of Philly. I mean, you you got to know who he is. Not just some random yeah. guy on the street. Jeez. Yep. <laughs> it's all good, though. But shout-outs to Glenn Lewis, Canadian resident just like myself. So you got to show love to Glenn. And then He's the from last your neighboring town of Toronto, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, on, like, it's funny. The other side of Canada. Oh. Kyle's from Vancouver. And... Not mentioning any names or anything, but a lot of people we talk to think that Toronto is right next to Vancouver just because they both happen to be in Canada. Yep. One's actually many, next to Seattle. How many miles away is it? Van- it's like 3,000 I mean, miles or something. <laughs> how far is Seattle from New York? There's your answer. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's crazy. Yep. Um, Tom, another single I want to talk about that just came out is the new Mary J record. So she had Thick of It with DJ Camper which we really liked, and now she has a new song, You and Me, you Plus Me, Life, Love Lessons, um, produced by our boy Bam. I know you felt it was a little trendy, but I think it, it still felt it still felt fit the realm of Mary, or at least current Mary. Well, can we just talk about first how thick of it was number one at Urban AC Radio for 16 weeks in a row? I mean, I know it's it's a different time because there's not really as much competition, you know, there's not many major label artists who have monetary backing to go that high on the charts. But gee, that's a real accomplishment. And she was just replaced at number one by Joe, which is a huge accomplishment. He's independent, so I can have you back. That's been on the charts for at least six months now, so that's awesome for him. I was about to and say, I'm like, single, damn. What? Songs yeah, I mean, can just stay on the charts for six months? <laughs> Roe James's permission has been on the chart for over 52 weeks. Yep, and it actually increased in plays this past week, which I maybe due to the Grammys. I don't, I don't know, but that's it's, it's so weird right now in radio. It's such a weird time, but that's another story for yep. another podcast. The new the new Mary single is out. You like it though, right? Yeah, the new Mary single is cool. It kind of reminds me of uh, "Share My World," like that album. It was a little darker. That's just that's just what I, I took away from listening to that. Um, it should do well. I think yeah. it actually. 
works out better than thick of it thick of it for uh, mainstream radio. But we'll have to see what right. happens. I personally like it more. We're in it, um, we're, it's an interesting time for Mary because the album was supposed to be out. She had the huge momentum wave from thick of it. And now, you know, with her divorce going on, I don't know if that's going to be postponed for a long time, but it's like they missed that wave. They could have rode that wave to, to the album, but now it's like they got to start over with a new single. So it's kind of a weird time for Mary. I don't know where she's going to go from here. Yeah, um, the material seems a little stronger this time around than some of her previous releases where it looked like she was just going through the motions. So, um, I, I, you know, the, the rollout of the album, I don't know what that's going to be like, but as long as the music is good, then I'll be okay too. The thing about Mary J is that also, it seems, it seems like she's always thrived the most when she was going through a painful situation. So maybe that's going to help her stay motivated this time around. Isn't that messed up that we uh, hope artists go through heartbreak just so we can get a good album? <laughs> I'm not hoping that. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just observing the situation. You know? Facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, another tour that's going on right now, Tom, is uh, our boy Chris Brown. He's going on tour with 50 Cent and Fabulous. That's like the most random tour I've ever heard. That is pretty random. I don't even know why. I, I mean, to me, that just proves that Chris Brown is not really an R&B artist anymore. You know, that's like yeah. a hip-hop show, basically. So, yep. it's weird. It's uh, I, I'm sure it'll do really well. You know, he has a ton of fans, but it's just yeah. a weird pairing, you know? Yeah. But, um, on the other hand, um, his counterpart, Trey Songs. Uh, I talked with Ed about this last week, and, uh, and you had posted it on the website. He was going to have his own dating reality digital series. Turns out that was all a hoax. He's not actually having that. Um, that was all a marketing scheme. Um, he's putting out a single, I think, weekly, and each week it's a different song, um, and then it just has like a skit in the video. So it, I guess it's like a reality show, but it's just based off of the music, which is an interesting way to put out the music. We don't have enough reality shows, so I was really hoping for another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Come on. What about, yeah. uh, speaking of tours, um, my sister, this is breaking news, went to two Victoria Monet concerts. You mean Ariana Grande? <laughs> <laughs> yes, my sister's an Ariana Grande fan, but she got to see Victoria Monet open for her. And if you don't know who that is, she's the R&B singer we featured on the site. Assigned to, I think, Atlantic. And uh, yep. she happens to be best friends with Ariana Grande and also writes her, a lot of her songs. So that's why she's opening for her right now. Isn't that I'm pretty sure my sister had no idea who that is. <laughs> but she went to two straight concerts of, this, of from the same tour. Like, the set list is exactly the same. Uh, then again, that's like, a, I mean, that's like equivalent to you like covering a Tank concert and... His set's been the same for like the last seven years. <laughs> I once covered <laughs> Music Soul Child's back-to-back shows at BB King's, if that counts. He did the same, same set? Yeah, he did the same set. Damn. If you haven't been well, to a Tank concert, um, you should definitely do it as part of his set. I, I forget what song he uh, he does it for, but he starts handing <laughs> Emergency. out money. Emergency. Great song, by the way, but... 
so before an emergency, he just goes into the crowd and starts handing him dollar bills? Apparently, it's an emergency if a woman doesn't have her hair or nails done, so he, so Big Tank has got to pay for that. True story. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it actually was entertaining when the first time. Like, if you have never seen that, you're like, is he really going to hand yeah. out money? And he points to, like, his uh, bodyguard or someone and is like, give that woman $200, and they actually do it. It's not Monopoly money. It's wow. real money. Wow. <laughs> Tom, that's when R&B so, was actually tank. selling, though. I don't think he can do that anymore. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Times are hard, Tank man, makes I'm good money you. every show. Times are yeah, hard. Yeah, he does. Jeez, that's like an Ed, that's like an, that's like an Ed comment right there. Jeez. That, that definitely is a, an Ed comment. Uh, lastly, Tom, uh, we both actually... Well, actually, I was supposed to interview 112 last week to talk about some new music, but um, apparently you know, that interview fell through, but I know you had a chance to speak to their manager at a separate show, and she gave you some inside information on 112. So we're going to be expecting 112 to come out soon, right? Yeah, uh, should be sometime this year. They are signed officially, and they're in the process of choosing their first single. It's already recorded. I had a chance to hear a few songs. So they're just choosing the right one right now, and uh, hopefully they'll get this thing moving. It's pretty exciting. It's been, uh, what, over 12 years or almost 12 years since their last album? Yep. Do you see so. this being, because I have a couple things in mind, right? So I remember when Drew Hill came out with their last album, it pretty much did nothing. That was a really horrible album, by the way. Independence oh Day, I think it was. That was a horrible album. Uh, Jagged Edge has had a couple of uh, stabs at Independent. Um, their latest one, J.E. Heartbreak, I really liked. So where is, what's the expectation for 112 for you? Because the last album, Pleasure and Pain, it was all right to me. Here's my expectation. I look at it two ways. From their perspective, sales shouldn't matter as long as this could set them up to, you know, have their name out there and set up for a tour. Maybe they have an official tour going. I think that would be cool. That would be a success for me. I I don't care how many they sell. And uh, as far as the quality of the music, I really think they should just stick with their previous format. I I really hope they don't try to copy anything that's current because their current fan base is not getting younger. Their current fan base has grown with them. So... To try to even target younger people is just not going to work. I mean, I don't see how it could. There's only one radio format for them, and that's, you know, adult contemporary R&B, you know, grown radio. So I'm just hoping that we don't hear any trap beats and, you know, some of Slim's album didn't creep into this one, you know. <laughs> it's Tom, it's crazy. You mentioned this trap stuff. I was at the gym yesterday, and I was... I overheard a conversation uh, between two people next to me, and they were talking about this new Future album that just came out yesterday, I believe. And I kid you not, the person beside me was like, yeah, I listened to that new Future album. It's a lot more hip-hop. I mean, and when he said, I mean, I closed my eyes, and I was like, here it comes. And the dude was like, yeah, it's a lot more R&B. And I was just like, oh, my God, no. A fight was going to break out if I had stood up and, you know, spoke out, but I didn't do it. Uh, but it lets you know that, and he seemed, he he looked like he was younger than I was, so it lets you know that that's what R&B is to these kids. It's not much you can do about it, really. Yeah, but the problem is, because of that, then you got all these people out here saying, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to bring real R&B back. It, that, that annoys the crap out of me. Like, no one's bringing real R&B back. Real R&B is still here. 
And even if you're yep. trying to bring it back to mainstream radio, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's over. Yep. Tom, you know, I have an idea, right? So as part of our, uh, you know, I got soul records that we're going to eventually uh, put together. Here's what we're going to do. Whatever money we're ha- we have, we're going to go up to, you know, all the popular producers that we love from the 90s and the 2000s. We're going to just tell them, look, we don't want anything new. Just give me a leftover beat in your hard drive from 2002. We'll take that song and we'll just write over it. I think that would work. That's real R&B. That would work. I I'm think that would you, actually would. work. <laughs> no, it would. Like, the only problem is I don't I don't know if the of the if the producer is willing to do that. Like, can you imagine going up to no, Pharrell right now and saying, "I don't want anything from 2017 from you. Just give me an old Neptune's beat." He'd probably be offended. No, I agree. <laughs> it's not gonna It's not gonna happen. But it's a good idea, though. Okay, we'll get started on that. Um. Let's do now, it. The last one I want. The last one I want to talk about is uh, is this Soquarius festival that happened last week. I heard it was, I heard it did well, but it was like the most unorganized thing ever. Yeah, I I didn't hear much about it. Tell us what happened. Um. Well, I mean, Tom, you and I have both been to music festivals. Um, Essence is the <laughs> one that we normally go to. You know what? Essence is. You know, I got to give them credit. They're a lot more organized than. Than, than I thought it, it would be. Like, I guess because they've done it so many years. Um, yeah. Scheduling-wise, it's a little off, but it's it's never anything too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to control, but, though. When you have so many artists in one place, it's hard to, like, schedule. And You know, we missed out on TGT once. I know you're still upset about that in the press room because we went out to see someone performing. I can't remember who, but... But, yep. you know, for the most part... When they have a set schedule of who's coming to the press room to speak with press, and we're there for it, and it works out. But other than that, yeah. I've been a, a a lot of sloppier events than that. So, yep. But uh, at Soquarius, this is actually pretty funny. Um, they were running late on the main stage, and R. Kelly was supposed to be up, or he was scheduled supposed to be up, but uh, Brandy hadn't performed yet on the main stage. So they decided to move Brandy to one of the side stages, but they didn't actually tell anybody. So, um, wow. yeah, so she ended up on a side stage, which was like, which was like three times smaller than the main stage. And, um, yeah, no one knew until people realized Brandy was over there. So everyone rushed over there, but they were already <laughs> over capacity. So a lot of people didn't get to see Brandy that evening. That's not good. That reminds me of the time you know? a lot of people didn't get to see Brandy at the Essence Festival when they put her on first that time. Yeah, <laughs> that was bad. And, uh... I don't, I think the doors had just opened and she was already performing. That was messed up. How could I do yeah, it like that? Yeah, it was a huge lineup outside and Brandy was inside. <laughs> you know who I heard did really well at Soquarius still and had a big turnout? Who? Pretty Ricky. Hmm. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Um... It was also cool to see some familiar faces there as well. Like Amory performed. We hadn't we haven't really heard from Amory in a while. I think she just put out a book recently. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Tom, that's I think that wraps up this week's current events. So you have pretty Ricky being back <laughs> on top of the world. Um, you have Trey Songs putting out dating reality shows, and you have veterans like Charlie Wilson doing well, and veterans like Lionel Richie who have sort of been struggling with injuries now 
you know, in terms of this week's podcast, and I don't want to, you know, spoil it too much for you, Tom, but, you know, I got so has had a couple of injuries along the way, and we barely made it, but here we are, right? <laughs> so this week's topic is uh, the music industry tried to destroy, you know, I got soul from the beginning. <laughs> I know it sounds a little harsh, but it's kind of true. Let me explain. Hold on. So Hold on, Tom. Before you get into that, two- can I just do Go something ahead. real Hold on, can I can I do something before you get into this? Go ahead. I want to give a quick shout out to Eddie Levert. Um, that's our uh, weekly uh, shout out to an R and B um, great from the '90s or '80s. You know, I know I know a lot of people have been asking us to uh, talk about those artists. So there you go. Shout out to Eddie Levert. Um, you may continue, Tom. <laughs> so uh, that was random, <laughs> but <laughs> well. But, uh, so you know I got soul right started in 2009. History, brief history lesson. And the point of this podcast is the site almost never made it because of the music industry. And what I mean by that is we got ter- turned down so many times for trying to cover shows, for, for trying to get interviews. And not only that, we were played so many times when showing up at events and, and trying to cover artists. And we were told to be somewhere at some time and... No one was there to let us into a venue or something. So it was a rocky road in the beginning. We almost quit. The site almost died because of the music industry. But the purpose of this is we want to share some of the stories. We've had some interesting stories along the way. You just had one recently. I think it was uh, you were hanging out at McDonald's all night waiting for an artist. But we'll get into that. <laughs> I was hanging out at McDonald's, too, for an artist, so don't feel bad. I think it but, may have been the same artist, actually. <laughs> Actually, that's pretty bad. We'll get into that. But just yeah. thinking back, like, think about a, a time that you remember, like, a tough time, like, we went through in the beginning. Like, I, I just remember sending so many e- emails to interview artists, and, like, no one would get back to me. Major labels would email me to check out their new artists that I'd never heard of. And then I was like, oh, well, can I interview Tank or someone? And it was like crickets. You wouldn't even get a response back. And I, I even remember interviewing, oh man, this is bad, Elder Barge, right? And he was on a major at the time when his last album came out. It sounded like they just, the label didn't take us seriously. So they just handed him a mall, the phone when he was like walking around the mall. And you couldn't even hear anything. That's how bad it was in the beginning. Jeez. And it wasn't Elder Barge's fault. <laughs> you know? I mean, we've done interviews where it sounded like the artist was was eating, like, whatever was ordering food at the drive-in <laughs> like yep. these were humiliating situations we'd show up to a venue to do an interview and then they say oh no interview oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> so what's the one that you you just talked about how you didn't get to interview 112 which was disappointing but what's the mcdonald's situation um you know what? I, I want to get into that one, but can I tell you a better story? Go for it. And I can tell this because, you know, Mario is my favorite artist. Let's oh, put it out man. there. Oh, no. But I feel like this is... And, you know, this actually ends up being a positive story, but I'm just going to tell it. So I just want to quickly detail how it is, you know, from our point of view to interview these artists. And, and you know, the beginning to the end of it and how we set everything up. So... Um, I'd been in touch with, and this is no fault to anybody, you know, at this point we just realized that this is just how the industry is, right? 
So right. um, interviewed him. Well, I was getting ready to interview him before his show, and this was around 11 o'clock. He didn't show up to the venue around until around 12.30 a.m. Mind you, this is a clubbing event, so it is a little different, but he didn't end up showing up until 12.30 a.m. I had my camera gear and everything set up in the back of, of this club, which looked pretty run down, to be honest, but whatever. I found a spot that was decent hmm. enough for the interview. This And at this point, it's around 12.45 a.m. Mario strolls by, looks at me, looks at the camera, and says, this is where, this is where we're going to do the interview? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, no, we're not. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> so, mind you, I had been at the venue since 8 o'clock at that time. So I'd already been there for four hours. So to hear your favorite artist say, no, we're not doing the interview here, I was like, well, damn. But what ended up happening was he gave, uh, or his manager gave me their uh, hotel information. They said, we'll do the interview tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. So I was like, all right, cool. So the hotel was a little out of my way, but hey, again, favorite artist, you got to go, right? So yep. I end up going there, show up at like 9.50 sharp because I like to be early for these things, hoping that at 10 o'clock I'll get to interview him. I get no response from him or his manager until about 11.30. And his manager tells me, oh yeah, we just woke up. Give us another 20 minutes. We'll be ready for you. So 10 minutes goes by, 20 minutes goes by. And I kid you not, I get a text message from them at around 1.30. So I'd already been there since 9.50. So at 1.30, <laughs> I get a text that says, uh, hey, we're ready for the interview now. So I do the interview. Mario's actually super cool. Um, well, of course, they didn't, they didn't apologize for, for having me wait. But they were actually super cool. Had a lot of uh, conversations with Mario on camera and outside and off camera. And he's a cool dude. Manager's a cool dude, too. But... Um, it just lets you know, like what was really just a 15 minute interview at most ended up being a eight hour process. Wow. And I know that was a really long that's, story, but that's, that's the real one. You know, I got soul.com. <laughs> Interesting. Well, it was all worth it, right? Exactly. And that's, you know, that's what I realized is you kind of forget about all the waiting when you actually get the interview done. Let's, let's tell them a story about. Another of your of your favorites who you got to interview. I remember this because I was there with you. You remember when we interviewed Brandy? Yep. We yep. did a phone interview. On the phone, right? See, this, was, this wasn't Brandy's fault, though. But for whatever reason, like, you know, maybe disconnect between the label and the management, it sounded like she had just woken up and they put a phone in her face to do an interview, literally. Yep. Remember that? <laughs> that yep. was pretty bad. I, felt, actually, I, I actually felt actually, bad for her. <laughs> If you go to if you go on our YouTube and listen to our Brandy Brandy interview again, it was a phoner. Um, it sounds like she just woke up. And we're not blaming Brandy. I mean, it's no. just like probably she had no idea she had an interview, and then someone just told her, "Look, you have an interview right now," and <laughs> that's what happened. And listen, it's actually it's funny. not the label's fault. It's it's no one's fault. It's just yeah. there was a disconnect. So we're not hating on anybody. It's just, it's just looking back at it, it's kind of funny. Didn't you have to wait for Lloyd at McDonald's once for, like, a long time? Yeah, and I didn't even get to interview him after all that, unfortunately. I did get to meet him you one time. Him. Oh, okay. But at an event. So I just hung out in McDonald's for, like, two hours, and I just ended up leaving because they were like, oh, yeah, he's still not here. I don't know what happened with that one. But when I did finally get to meet him at another <laughs> event, right, he was taking pictures with the press, 
and I went to take a picture of them, and I put, you know, like when I take a picture of someone, I put my my hand on their back just naturally, and his security guard told me to take my hand off, like don't touch him. I was like, what? This yeah. is this is Lloyd. I'm not. I'm a pre- member of the press. I'm not here trying to injure the guy. <laughs> I, I, have no, I have no idea. Being a little groupie. Yep. I have what? I just put. Come on, man. <laughs> being a little groupie. <laughs> An- another good one. Oh. I'll never forget. So I made this list of 10 artists I wanted to interview. Like, that was my goal when I started the site. And I did get to do all of them. One of them was Music Soul Child, right? So the first time I was set to interview him, like, I show up at the venue, whatever. I cover the performance. I was ready to interview him after his show. Dude, he, he had fallen off the stage that day during his performance. I'll, you remember that? Yeah. Yep. And as a result, he he was too injured, so I couldn't interview him. That was disappointing. But didn't you also have a wait? Didn't you also have a Casey and JoJo moment? <laughs> what? Oh man, Casey! No, that was a whole another situation. Their management oh, okay. was just being very stri- strict for some reason. I don't know what was going on with that. Hmm. Oh, the case. The other Casey and JoJo moment I had was when I finally did get to interview them. Uh, <laughs> so I set up my camera right. You know, websites like ours, we, we don't have, like, big movie cameras and stuff. We use regular digital professional cameras to film interviews. So I set up my thing on the tripod, my camera, to start filming, you know. And then uh, I think it was Casey who goes, so what, are we just snapping pictures? <laughs> it, was it was so funny. I was like, wow, man. He must have not done an interview in like 10 years. This is how we do it now. That was pretty funny. Yep. So. That was the same scenario with uh, with Ashanti, kind of, right? Ashanti, yeah. That was, oh, man. The entourage, you know. Ashanti's cool, though. You know. Pretty much just about every artist we met is cool, though. I mean, I, I don't have any really negative. Well, I don't want to mention any names, but there was one artist who made me wait 45 minutes while she was taking a personal call like literally and the label was even like the label was even trying to like get her off the phone and she was taking a personal call i couldn't believe it disclaimer or hint she was on r&b divas i'm not gonna say who though hmm <laughs> i don't want to play one on blast uh, but that was well i've got i've got one i've got one recent story for you uh, what is the purpose of this by the way we're just Telling everyone good times and how how much it sucks to interview people. Well, this is the beginning. This is actually because people think like, you know, I've talked to people who think we just walk into a venue and like we're greeted with VIP and we just get right up to the artist. Like that's actually not how it works at all. <laughs> you know, they actually there's a lot of struggle behind the scenes that goes on. You know, yep. and we're just sharing that side. So, go. What's your next one? <laughs> Can I share? This was actually a recent. Can I share this one? Yeah. So this was Marcus Houston. I remember this, and, and the, he didn't do anything wrong. It's just funny looking back at it. So Marcus Houston was there with his uh, road manager, who happens to be Young Rome from Immature. I don't know how that happened. But we were backstage, and uh, I was about to interview Marcus. And uh, Marcus and Rome were like, yeah, just give us you know, a sec. We'll be ready. Uh, we'll, we'll do the interview shortly. So I'm like, okay, no problem. So I'm sitting on the couch setting up my setting up my camera and all I see is Marcus Houston 
on his iPhone just texting his friends. And this happened, this was going on for like 30 minutes. And it was like the most casual texting thing ever. It didn't look like there was any business going on. It was just him texting his friends. And then all of a sudden, Rome's like, okay, we're ready. I'm like, okay, well, why weren't you ready 30 minutes ago? <laughs> it made no Come sense. On, but hey, I got the interview, so that was cool. Um, but he was a good guy, right? Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. He's very professional. I don't think, yeah. You know what? I don't think I've really come across any... I mean, you may have, but I don't think I've come across anyone that was arrogant. Uh, yeah, I have. Well, I don't want to speak negatively negatively about anyone. I mean, no, you know, some artists have egos and, you know, all these situations we're just sharing because it's just, like, interesting what goes on behind the scenes. We're not trying to throw shade at anyone. But nope. we've we've pretty much interviewed almost everyone, and most of the experiences have been good. I remember... The first time I interviewed Tank, like, um, I kind of showed up for a sound check, and uh, this was back in, like, when his, what was that album called, with the, um, with Celebration on it? Uh, Now or Never. Yeah. So, I was in there for sound, I just, it was SOBs, I just walked in, because, uh, you know, I was there, the label was like, yeah, come through, we got a ticket for you, so I just walked in. Next thing I know, they're they're opening the doors and they like security from SOBs kicked me out, and the label's like, "Oh, we don't have a ticket for you." So here I was outside the venue. I couldn't even get in for the show. I basically had to beg security to let me in, and I eventually did get in though. But that was pretty uh, wow. interesting. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that wasn't you good. You know, I got so may have ended right there, but it didn't. That's pretty frustrating, man. You know when the when the label's like. Yeah, we got you. Just come through, and then you show up, and it's like, oh, your name is not on the list when you get to security. That's really embarrassing. Yeah. Can I say one thing though about about record labels? Yeah. Well, everyone has this uh, this this perception that record labels and all of those and and all of them are like these special people that hold a certain prestige. No, they're just regular people. They work nine to fives. Pretty much. I mean, that's yeah. their job. Just like you and me have jobs, they have jobs. and Yep. Yeah. You know, that's so. just, it's just the way it is. <laughs> yep. So, what, that you, kind of brings me to You've had some good times. Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it brings me up to... It, it reminds me of Gaetano, our, our good friend's uh, article, where oh. he had written about the scamming that was going on on various websites, where they bring in uh, A&Rs at record labels, and... My whole point is just to say, yeah, I mean, those are just record label people. They work nine to fives. You don't, like, you yeah. know, obviously be respectful and professional, but you don't have to hold them to, you know, a different standard than anybody else. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I know you've had some good experience with, experiences with Genuine. You've interviewed him a bunch of different times. He's a cool guy, right? Yeah. It's cool. You know what it is, though? Um, once you interview um, an artist a couple of times... They start to recognize you. I don't think Genuine knows my name, even though I've interviewed him <laughs> five times. But yeah. he does like recognize me. His manager, uh, his road manager, is really cool. He knows me. Same with Lloyd's. They yeah. both both of them recognize me, which is, I guess, it makes sense because I'm like the only Asian R&B journalist out there. Um, and it's probably <laughs> yeah. the same with you. Like they probably recognize you as well. Usually, yeah. I mean, the artist. 
they wouldn't necessarily know me by name. We're never on camera, so it's a little different. We're not trying to be personalities, so it's not like they know us as a personality. They just kind of know us affiliated with the site, you know, and that's fine with us. So, I mean, I've, I I want to share some of the, the cool artists we've come across, too. Like, like, these are almost like our family now, like RL From day one, he's always shown us so much love and, like, always goes out of his way to support us. Same thing with, with John B., I mean, he's just, like, probably the, the coolest artist you can imagine. I mean, and we have a lot of supporters of him that come to our site. Um, Carl Thomas is another one I, that comes to mind. Like, he's just a really cool, laid-back guy. You know, he showed appreciation from day one. Interesting fact, he actually, during our first interview with him, he actually was on the – he was browsing the site. And, like, in, in um, he was, like, in awe of the site when he was first on there. So – I was like, uh, time to refocus on the interview, Carl. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> and Joe, Joe obviously nice. is another one we always talk about. Really humble guy. I just posted on Instagram about the first time I interviewed Neo. Surprisingly, he's like probably the most humble artist you'll find. Like he's just super welcoming. You know, for someone as successful as him. You know, but there, there's been a lot. We've interviewed over 600. We've done over 600 interviews. We pretty much have interviewed everyone we ever wanted to or expected to. There's probably a few we missed so far. Like, yeah. I, I can't think of them right now, but like we're we're probably gonna try to get Trey songs this time around. Um, we'll probably never get Chris Brown just because hey, he you doesn't never know. do he well with the media. At, he might throw he might throw a chair at you. <laughs> no, <laughs> stop! Come on. Uh, wait, we actually, another you know, artist is some, uh, well, another yeah. artist is Bobby V. He loves us. Bobby V, yeah, of course, yeah. always shows us love. You know, um, what was I going to say? Damn, you made me lose my Chris train Brown? of thought. Chris Brown? Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So someone recently hit us up on uh, Twitter and was like, said they want us to interview Mariah because they know we always talk to artists about the, the music and we'd really get into the music and they'd want to hear that side. And that's what it's all about for us. Like, you never hear us doing anything with gossip and personal business like we just really dig into the artistry and like some of these artists don't even do interviews like that if you think about it you know if you listen to the breakfast club they don't cover anything like that i mean you know and we understand why i mean that's just the way it is but man we'd love to interview some of these legends and just dig into their history and legendary careers i mean that you're you'd be all over that mariah interview right you know it you don't even have to prepare yeah. questions. You could probably just do it right now. Pretty much. <laughs> same same with Chris Brown. I mean, we know that he's artists inside and out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I want to move on to something pretty quickly. I mean, just, just for the time being, just because we didn't really get a chance to talk about it yet. The last podcast we had done um, with Ed, we had just talked about some of the Grammy nominations. I want to congratulate a couple of people, Tom, and... You know, you can give me your thoughts on the award or who should have got the award or if it's well-deserved. You ready? Go ahead. So we have Best R&B Performance. Uh, Solange ended up winning that one with Cranes in the Sky. Uh, she was up against uh, BJ the Chicago Kid, Roe James, Music Soul Child, and your girl Rihanna. I thought it was well-deserved. I'm not commenting on any of this. Are you kidding me? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how I feel about award shows, man. Yeah, fair enough. 
I actually uh, thought this was a popularity contest. I, I mean, is that true or false? To an extent, it's probably true. Like, is there an actual vote that takes place or what? I, I just don't understand I think so. the process. No, I, well, yeah, there is. it's based on the Grammy committee. So they're supposed to be respect, uh, respected journalists and music experts because, like, in the industry. It just seemed like, to me, uh, like they wanted to nominate people who they want to show up, like the biggest names, because they wanted the biggest names to be there. And oh, if they yeah, weren't nominated, course. they I might mean, not show up. So Yeah, I mean, Ed had talked about just how the entire segment or the entire Grammy show, they were hyping up Beyonce showing up or being on stage. So they wanted people to wait until the end, and it turns out she didn't win. So, Damn. That's yep. messed up. Imagine um, so the next award. Yeah. Go the ahead. next award we have is uh, Best Traditional R&B Performance. I feel like this is the award that they just give out to Layla Hathaway every year. Um, so she won again. Well, that's and no dis that no disrespect no disrespect to Layla Hathaway, but it just seems like that's what it is right now. Well, we love Layla Hathaway, you know, and and she's a legend. But like it was a live album, and it was you know it wasn't even all new material. I mean, the song she won for was a cover, and it's like, damn, it's really the best thing we have right now—a live album of previously recorded songs and a cover song like we don't have any original material that's better than that right now that to me that just speaks to either whoever's voting on this or the state of the you know the the genre but like you've said in the past artists don't even know how to apply for these awards so you know who knows what was even in the running exactly uh but that one was for traditional r&b performance with the song angel you're talking about the best R&B album, and yeah, Layla Hathaway did win for her live album. She was up against a Christmas album by Mint Condition, BJ the Chicago Kids debut, Terrace Martin and Maya's sleeper album, Smooth Jones, so it was a pretty random overall selection, but yeah, I agree with you, yeah. like, a live album being the representation of current R&B, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that one. And Music Soul Child didn't even go. I mean, he was nominated and didn't even go. I know he was on tour, but I almost wonder yeah. if he just knew that it... I mean, first of all, it's not even televised, his uh, portion. Best R&B song. So I wonder if he just think it wasn't, it wasn't worth it to even bother. The Ocean, best R&B song, and best urban contemporary album, which is itself a ridiculous category. Like, what the hell did that even mean? I <laughs> but Beyonce won that one, so congrats to the Beehive. I mean, you knew if Beyonce showed up, she was winning something. So. Not if she's going up against Adele, apparently. Well, I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> Did Adele win anything? Adele yeah. won something, right? Yeah, she won an album of the year. You got to spread it around evenly. Give, give, give one to each. Yep. And Tom, best rap song? is uh, Hotline Bling by Drake, which I don't even think is a rap song. But Well, okay. it actually hit me today. Listen to this. This could be a whole podcast, but what they call rap now is actually pop music. Like, think about this. Like, It is. It, I, like, I agree with you. Hip-hop music, where it originated, it's not even in the same realm anymore. So, like, I don't even think it's fair to compare it. Like, so you have pop music, which is just really what's popular, a popular sound. And I, I just think it sure. should be categorized there now. Like, you know, I think it's surpassed even almost possibly country music as being, like, bigger. That 
aside from like say what do you consider ariana grande like i consider that like almost bubblegum music i don't know that's what i call it yeah like sure pop is just a general term for what's popular but you have like bubblegum yeah. pop and i almost think what they call rap now is also in that pop category you know, yeah, it, that that trap stuff. It's not yeah. really like where, like I said, it's not where where it, where it came from. It's just a totally different form of music. So, it's 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 just fun music. Yeah, I don't. That's why I don't think it's you know fair I mean? to compare it to its predecessors. And if Ed was here, I'm sure he'd chime in and maybe agree or disagree. I don't know, but that's how I look at it. Yep. Um. So now I want to quickly talk about our food discussion. You know, we've been talking about R&B for the entire podcast. Let's talk about some food, Tom. What's on the menu for tonight? I was actually craving some uh, sweet and sour chicken. Not the authentic kind, but, like, <laughs> just the kind you just get from takeout right down the block. But. Yum. Probably not going <laughs> to happen. What is it with the obsession with you guys and P.F. Chang's? P.F. Chang's is so good, man. Are you kidding me? It is? Eh, it's solid. It's kind of overpriced, though. It's like the most... Well, yeah. It just makes no sense to me whenever I'm out with people and they're like, yeah, let's go get Chinese food. And then when I go, it's like Americanized, sweet and sour. It's good times. Well, what does it tell you if uh, you... I mean, I I hope this doesn't sound racist, but if the people that are cooking the food aren't even Chinese, like... You know, oh, it's man. it's it's weird. Like in the city, in the city, we have Spanish people working in Italian restaurants cooking pizza and Italian food. So, to me, that's not authentic food. Like that, you know, they're just taught to cook it, but you're not getting the real deal. Sure. So. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just. Yo, didn't we have a discussion one time about uh, Chinese food? In, Chinese food in the hood. Oh man! How there's like bulletproof windows and stuff. <laughs> Can you elaborate on this? Well, yeah, I mean, have you ever been to the hood? No, I haven't. I live in Canada, <laughs> so no. Wow. Well, if you go into some of the rougher neighborhoods, you know, the Chinese restaurants have, um, and not just Chinese restaurants, like the fried chicken places, they have, like, glass in front of the register. So you kind of put your money in this in this tourney thing and... And then they put the food in the other side, and it's like a, an exchange. You don't actually, you can't like actually touch anyone or jump over the counter. So, I guess that works. So they can't rob you. But, but like the food is like, it's not even authentic. It's like deep fried chicken wings and sh- fried rice. Well, if they like that in that area, then you have to make it for them. <laughs> Damn. I mean, they do well. I, have you part? Have you part? Have you partaken? <laughs> no, I have not. I don't. No, thank you. <laughs> Come on, man. What do you think I am here? Uh, so yeah, Is if, any, if, if any listeners uh, have had, uh, have had what? If, if any of our listeners have had this hood Chinese food, I, I want them to hit us up and let us know how it was because that's still the most ridiculous thing to me, especially with the bulletproof windows. And yeah, that's just crazy to me. Chicken wings and fries. With you know what? 
I'm gonna have to pull up a menu. Wait, is is and we're gonna have to find out. Well, well, chicken lo mein is okay, right? Yeah, although uh, when we went that one time to get it in New York, that didn't look like chicken lo mein. <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> well, it looked like a huge slop of nothing. Damn. Uh, I remember. Yeah, what? I will say this though. Yeah, Tom, I will say this. I'm on Yelp right now, and they all get really good reviews. Well, they. So I guess it's it's bank it's a it's a bank for its buck. What you have to do is really not even take the name of the place into consideration. They just serve what people in that area like to eat, and they adapt to the neighborhood. That's smart. Yep, that is smart. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. Wow, I feel I'm, I feel like having some uh, hood Chinese food tonight. All right, on your next trip to New York, that'll be our first stop. <laughs> we will go. <laughs> it, we'll be in Brooklyn. The bulletproof thing is a requirement. Oh yeah, you got you got to give me the whole package. Oh man. Speaking of bulletproof glass, um, I heard that uh, Burger King bought out Popeyes. I heard that too. So, is that breaking news? Which, which which surprises me because I didn't I didn't even know Burger King was still making money. Uh, I have no idea. I don't really eat any of this stuff. <laughs> I like my nice plain grilled Damn. chicken from the supermarket. Oh my god! No bread. I actually ordered yesterday. We're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to go. Listen to this. I, yesterday I, I ordered a, a grilled chicken sandwich and I said no bread. The guy acted like I had. I was grilled, from a different planet. <laughs> wait, a grilled chicken sandwich? So it's just grilled chicken? Yeah, pretty much. Just a slab of grilled chicken. I mean, that's like equivalent to going to McDonald's and then the person in front of you asking for a cheeseburger with no cheese. But <laughs> what am I supposed to? That has happened before too. Yeah, but how is it that you can that's order? That's happened before. How can you order that a grilled chicken sandwich with no? bread and they still charge you the same price that it would be with bread that doesn't make any sense to me like shouldn't there be a discount i mean bread is like bread isn't that expensive so yeah there should be a discount there should be some like but on the same token though what on the same token though like i and i I can't i i don't have the answer to this because i still have a full head of hair but if someone is balding and they go to get a haircut. Is it the same rate as if someone has a full head of hair? <laughs> I think it is, actually. <laughs> See? Well, there you go. <laughs> well, then again. You can't win them all, Tom. What if someone orders a grilled chicken sandwich with bread and then loads up on the free condiments like ketchup and mustard and mayo? Technically, those are free, so I don't know how these pricing yep. schemes work. Yeah. Damn, can I tell one more story before we get out of, get out of here? This just reminded me of New York. Go ahead. So so for all of our uh, listeners out there who plan on going to New York relatively soon, I know the summer's coming up and it's going to be all sunny. I remember last time when I went, I think we were walking around Central Park. I almost got scammed. How? Some dude, uh, some dude came up to me. And gave me his mixtape. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you remember um, this, right? I, yeah, now I remember. He came up to me. 
gave me his mixtape, gave me his his sweet talk. My name wasn't Kyle anymore. It was Big K Dog. And then he's talking me all up. And then as I'm about to leave with his CD, he's like, well, I'm going to have to charge you for that CD. It's going to just go towards our project. How's 15 bucks sound? <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm pretty good at this because, you know, I'm not from New York. So I know automatically the first response is, well, I'm not from here. So I don't have any American dollars on me. I'm from Canada. And I thought that would leave me alone. They would leave me alone after that. But I guess New York is a pretty big area for tourists so they, they were ready for it so they whip out their cell phone and they're like you know no worries you can just swipe your card here and we'll take it from your uh, bank account whatever you plan to donate so i was like okay i'll give you guys a dollar and the dude's like no how about 20 i'm like no i'm out of here so well, i didn't end up donating it we did end up actually going back and listening to the cd right yeah we did it was pretty bad i don't think it was I don't think it was even them, but I don't think so. It just goes to show you that everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna try to make a quick buck when it comes to the music industry. They're so. professional, uh, professional scammers, man. They know how to pressure you into giving money up, so that's what they do. Man, I was close. Yep. Yep. And then there was that other time with your cousin at McDonald's. Uh. Some dude just <laughs> randomly started uh, cleaning his shoe. Yep. That was pretty bad. Yeah. That. That was crazy. We were sitting at McDonald's and um, just having a meal. And then this guy randomly came up to us and started commenting on how nice Tom's cousin's uh, Alex's shoes were. And uh, one thing led to another. And the dude whipped out a bucket, whipped out a brush, and started cleaning the heck out of uh, Alex's <laughs> shoes. And I think we gave him a 20 and that was that. No, we gave him like two bucks, I think, didn't we? Oh, was it? I thought it was my bad. No one, no one had any cash. That's why I had like a dollar, uh, and that's all we gave him. Yep. Dude, he was he went at it for like ten minutes. Well, hey man, times are hard. <laughs> if people were, if people could still make money off the music industry, they would. But now they have to clean shoes. Ouch. But uh, anyway, Tom, uh, I, I think that's enough for this podcast. We've given everyone a business lesson. Uh, we've given them some insight into the music industry, and of course, we also talked about some new music. Uh, what else do we have coming up? Well, our Glenn Lewis interview will be out this week. Um, got some more interviews we got coming up soon, and uh, yeah, just looking for different ways to keep uh, keeping everyone informed on new music. We got a bunch of albums coming out in March. We'll probably cover that in the next podcast. So, still been a slow year for R&B, but we'll, we'll at least have some stuff coming out soon. Yeah, it looks like it's starting to finally uh, move again. Um, hopefully, it continues in this direction. Uh, we'll get Ed back on the next podcast. You know, it's about time we get some guests as well. It's been a while since that, but man, it's just so hard to coordinate on all three of our schedules, but we'll make it happen. But until next time, this is Kyle here. We're on episode 41. Tom, Kyle, we're signing out. Peace. Peace.